0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Kickstart your adventure now with a new good Golf Cart from Country Carts of Brookhaven. good Golf Carts are assembled right here in Mississippi with the best features around. And best of all, they're street legal. Country Carts of Brookhaven, 401 Highway 51 South, phone 601-748-0454. What's up, everybody? Welcome in on this Wednesday Wednesday night, just after 8 o'clock. I'm a little late, but that's okay. Glad to be with you guys nonetheless. Uh, I know this is probably not the best time to be doing this, considering both teams that I cover, at least on a more regular basis, are playing basketball right now. Literally right now, both teams are, uh, are playing basketball. So, Kind of a mistake on my part. Also, uh, not off to a good start is uh, is Mississippi State 11-2 to two right now. Uh, hopefully they can recover from that. So just give me one second. We've got a lot to talk about here. By the way, my name is Michael Borke. Again, very glad to see you guys. Uh, a few things to talk about. Uh, first of all, we've got more Auburn drama because how, how could we not have more Auburn drama? It's never going to end. One specific thing that happened been today or that got discovered today which is just hilarious in this whole thing it is a mess and it's only getting worse Uh, also quarterback draft silly season is here I'll explain what I'm talking about I think uh, now that the senior bowl has wrapped up you've got some new posturing in terms of who has got the correct take about which quarterback is getting taken first and all that stuff it's about to get silly and not in a good way not in an entertaining way more uh Uh, more so than that, it's going to be a lot of gridlock. Or not gridlock, that's not a a good expression to use. Um, A lot of it's going to be wrong, and I'll explain why. And then uh, novelty sports, if there's time, a conversation came up on the radio show today. One idea in particular came up that I absolutely loved that we will will talk about. Uh, After the NASCAR race that happened at the Coliseum this weekend, Novelty sporting events. Somebody came up with a really good idea during the radio show that I want to share with you guys. So let me just share this though. Let me get this out here uh, so I can, you know, tell the people that follow me on Twitter to uh, to come in and uh, and watch. So give me one second here. Talking more Auburn drama, quarterbacks, season, and more. Right now, how's that sound? Sound like a good tweet, guys? I think that sounds okay. Join in here. All right. There we go, off and running. Let me uh, let me get my my own feed out of here. All right, here we go. Uh, Fourteen to five uh, is Tennessee up right now. That is uh, that's tough. Ole Miss got off to a really good start. And for those of you listening in podcast form, I promise I'm not going to talk a lot about currently going on basketball games. Um, Alabama's beating Ole Miss by two, so Ole Miss got off to a good start. But they are uh, currently losing by two. join Joyner back in the lineup. Uh, it's a little too late, sadly for uh, for Ole Miss, especially at the guard position. But uh, not good coming out of the gate was Mississippi State. But we're not going to talk about that. Let's start. Let's start here with uh, the thing that got exposed, if you want to call it that, earlier today. That Brian Harson is the genesis of a rule change, a bylaw change, whatever you want to call it at Auburn. And uh, it was a a policy change at Auburn. I'm going to share it for you right now in case you haven't seen this. Auburn, and you see it listed right here on the policy, and I'm sure they already had something like that. They already had something like this, I'm sure, before uh, before this got exposed. However, here is the employee duty to cooperate policy At Auburn, and now if you're looking closely here, you see the effective date. See that effective date? Item line number three? Yesterday. This was added, this code, this bylaw, whatever you want to call it, was added literally yesterday. Let me read it for you, and you can see who they could possibly be gearing this policy change towards. Policy statement, Auburn University, Auburn Montgomery, and all the other stuff. Employees have a duty to cooperate with university investigations and reviews. Policy principles. The university conducts a variety of investigations and reviews in order to ensure compliance with applicable laws, regulations, and policies, and to otherwise ensure the integrity and proper functioning of the university. These reviews may be conducted by university personnel or outside entities engaged by the university employee cooperation in these reviews is essential and mandatory again effective date yesterday 2 8 2022 applicability the university or the policy applies to all auburn university employees that includes all their other systems policy procedures Uh, This talks about how they have a duty to cooperate fully and truthfully with investigations, inquiries, uh, reviews relating to the university responsibilities or professional obligations. For example, employees must do the following. Cooperate in sharing requested information and participating in interviews, produce all requested university documentation within their custody or command, disclose additional information relevant to the investigation or review, and maintain confidentiality. As advertised. Here's the thing. So I'm going to skip all the other crap. And get to the money line. Sanctions. Violations of this policy. May result in. Discipline. Dis. May result in discipline. (laughs) Because I can't. I can't say that word. And up to. Are up to and including termination. Again, these sanctions, violations of this policy, and the policy is you better cooperate or else, can result in termination. And this policy was effective yesterday. And here's the thing about this, guys. First of all, it is... Entirely possible. In fact, I would probably consider it likely that they had something like this already in place at Auburn. I don't think this is new uh, at all. I I highly doubt that this is an entirely brand new drafted policy. I'm sure they had something like this somewhere. But if they did not, if this is new, it doesn't matter if this is new or not. It's very clear that this revision, this effective date, directly applies to Brian Harson. And Obviously, you do something like this at the advisement of legal counsel. Now, we are supposed to, we are working on having somebody with a law background, a lawyer, on our radio show tomorrow to explain what they could be trying to do here. But it's clear that they wouldn't do this without, because universities don't do anything like this, without legal something, without a lawyer, without consulting from their legal team, whatever. They don't do this without that. Clearly, they don't do this without that. Um, Unless I am completely wrong, which has been the case before, and it will be the case again, mind you, I will be wrong often. It's just going to happen. You guys don't punish me for being wrong. You punish me for being boring. Colin Cowherd, really good quote. Um, I like him, by the way. I know some of you don't. I like him a lot. Either way. I might be wrong on this. I could completely have my read on this be so off and so wrong that I'm missing something. But this statement paired with, by the way, reporting from on three that uh, I saw just a few minutes ago uh, from Justin uh, Hokinson, I, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Forgive me if I'm misattributing uh if I'm mispronouncing his name, but he's with on three, the Auburn site and his Wednesday night update on the Brian Harson saga, he calls it aptly described. Uh, there is isn't a scenario right now where Brian Harson would agree to take a lesser buyout. And as friend of our program, Brian, uh, Ryan Brown points out, he's seen people say they'll just negotiate a lower buyout. If Brian Harson has not committed a for-cause offense, he will absolutely or should absolutely not take a lesser buyout. He should not. That would be incredibly stupid for him to do. On, I mean, other than the fact that it would be potentially millions of dollars he would be leaving on the table, it would also be some kind of admission of guilt if he were to take a lesser buyout just to go away. And it certainly does not appear that at the moment, Auburn has that. Because if they had cause, if they found what they've been seeking, which is cause, which we talked about this on Sunday, if they have found it, would this be their policy change effective yesterday? Would they have had to do this in order to terminate him? I don't think so. Unless I'm completely and totally missing this. Unless I am just so misreading the situation This strikes me as a situation where they don't have it, that they thought they might, that they started digging because they heard some things about unsubstantiated rumors that most people have stopped talking about because they either A, had an impossible time proving it, or B, maybe Don't spread unsubstantiated rumors, especially involving a young woman uh, of which you know nothing about. That would be a good place to start. Again, maybe that's what they have, and they're just crossing their I's and dotting their T's, but call me crazy, if they knew that that was the case, he would be gone by now. Whether or not he was in Mexico wouldn't matter. You have these little things right here. You can talk to anybody from anywhere. It's amazing. Uh, you would not have seen this policy change as of yesterday if they had that on record. Um, they probably thought when players transferred out, stuff like that, that they had a really good case. And it does not strike me as a situation where they do. And now you've got reporting out of on three that there's not a scenario in which Brian Harson will take a lesser buyout. That means Brian Harson, as of this recording, knows. They got nothing on me. I could be wrong. I've been wrong. I will be wrong. I have no counter argument to what I, I, I've thought about the other side of what I'm saying and thinking. I've thought about it and I can't come up with uh, any other logical explanation that this isn't lawyering or whatever to me. I, I, If they had something, it would be done. If they had something, it would have leaked to the press. If they had something, we would know. Because with the sheer volume of people that are involved in this and that love to talk, it would be out by now. It wouldn't it? I mean, tell me I'm crazy. Wouldn't it be out by now? If they had cause, it would be over, right? Or am I missing something? And then you've got this policy change that is completely just directed towards him, meaning they hope that they can get something now. And now you've got this reporting from on three that they don't see him taking a lesser buyout because he knows they've got nothing. And he stayed an extra day in Mexico and he's probably once they fire him, which that feels like that's inevitable, whether they pay the buyout or not. um, Once they do it, you can probably get right back on the plane and go to Mexico this 18 million dollars but I'll tell you what if I'm correct and and I'm you guys know me I'm open minded if there is something that comes out that justifies his termination then everything I'm about to say you go ahead and ignore it erase it strike it reverse it whatever you got to do but if I am correct if my feeling is correct and they pay the buyout after they fire him because they couldn't find anything, then Auburn tried to engage in a smear campaign because they didn't think that this coach was going to win enough football games this year. That's shameful, man. If my read on this situation is correct, Auburn is engaging in some pretty shameful stuff here, to tell you the truth. And again, maybe they've got something, and maybe everything I'm saying right now is really stupid. But if you had it, you need to go ahead and leak it. Pretty soon, because you're the laughing stock of the SEC right now. And that's really hard to do. That's really hard to do right now to be the laughing stock of the SEC. I mean, Jimbo Fisher about cried in a press conference last week, got his ass trolled off by Lane Kiffen. So did Ross Bjork. <laughs> I mean, Will Wade's still coaching. Will Wade is coaching a bad team, a bad team, you know? It, Auburn's an embar if I were an Auburn fan I would be so embarrassed today that's what I, I would be so freaking embarrassed today if I were an Auburn fan it's it's shameful at worst it's embarrassing at best because they actively engaged in an effort to smear a guy just because they didn't think he was going to win enough football games this year they didn't like what the football team was going to look like so they were willing to seek Skeletons, as opposed to deal with the hire you made and maybe let them have a year or two before you can them in November. And it's worth repeating, by the way, that unless they found cause and they're going to go through with cause, um, Auburn will be paying $40 million to two people combined in 14 months. To not coach their football team. Think about that. Think about that for a second. Now you know you know me. I don't really like being that guy where it's like, oh, this money could have gone to charity. I, you know, people who have money can spend it however they wish. They can, but think about how much more intelligently this money could have been spent. How much more useful this money could have been, as opposed to paying two people to not coach your football team anymore. It's insane what's going on. It's absolutely insane what is going on at Auburn. And it's embarrassing. I would be embarrassed if I were a fan of Auburn. I would be embarrassed if I was a decision maker. If I was somebody that had the influence to make this thing happen, I would, I would be so embarrassed today it's not even funny. It's February 9th. At the earliest, it'll be February 10th when they make this decision. It's embarrassing. Let's get to your comments. Waited long enough. Ethan says, university policy is always so much fun to read through. No doubt, man. I mean, this is a, this is a little one. It's only uh, one page worth of a policy change, and it's still just miserable. Um, but that's any legal writing, any university legal writing is just brutal. William, as I understand it, I could be wrong. He returned today. From, uh, from Mexico. So you'll probably see some movement tomorrow one way or the other. But it certainly sounds like Brian Harson is not about to take a lesser buyout. It's I'm either coaching your football team or you're paying me $18.3 million. You get to decide. But I'm not giving in. I'm not selling myself out. And I'm not letting you pay me short of what you owe me. You idiots wrote the contract. I signed it. You either pay me or let me coach, one or the other. And I'll go back to Mexico. So what the hell happens now? He gets fired. I mean, th- that's coming, right? There, there's no possible way. Uh, I did see a post shared by message board geniuses, though, where an Auburn fan was like, "Stop, ta- stop saying the situation's untenable. It absolutely can be saved. We are Auburn, all this stuff. No, you can't survive this. You can't survive this. You can't coach a team after this. Uh, you can't recruit. My God, if they're if they're bothered by his recruiting right now, if they don't like his recruiting strategy now, what do they think is going to happen if they keep him after all this? What kind of class do you think they're bringing in next year? I mean, what what kind of player after spring are you going to get out of the transfer portal uh, to, to sign up for this program where – The university leadership actively seeked a way to fire him, and then there's no way in hell he's coaching after November? Yeah, no thanks, I'm good. I'll go to one of the other SEC schools calling me. Thank you. I'm I'm good. Wouldn't touch that. So they've backed themselves into this corner uh, that every decision's a bad one. I mean, I guess they could luck into Matt Rule, maybe. Maybe if he's looking for a way out of the NFL, because clearly this is going to be Matt Rule's last year with the Panthers. So maybe he's going to pull a Saban and jump at the opportunity knowing it's not working in the NFL. That would be a grand slam home run. But the last coaching search at Auburn was a disaster. It was a disaster. How do you think they ended up with Brian Harsin, a guy they didn't want that didn't really fit in the first place? Because it was a disaster. Now with this hanging over their head, do you think it's going to go well? Oh, well, they can just go hire Hugh Freeze. Yeah, you think he's ready for this? Because I don't think he's ready for this. I mean, the dude's still searching his name and replying to strangers on Twitter. Couldn't handle the pressure at Ole Miss. It was collapsing. It was falling, and not just because of the NCAA. I swear the year 2016 never happened to people around here. I swear it never happened. They just forget that it happened. And 2017 would have been worse. The pressure at Auburn is 10 times greater. And the scrutiny. So may- maybe that's the route they go. There's a reason they didn't go that route last time, though. There's a reason. And be right, I agree with you. This is why, I think I said it on Sunday, but in case you you didn't hear it, this is why when people say the transfer portal is ruining college football, this is why I can't agree with that because of stuff like this. You tell me that you've got a problem with players getting NIL money, that, oh, NIL's ruining college football. Oh, this is terror. NIL's ruining it. When Auburn's about to pay two guys $40 million to not coach their program, but God forbid their players get a few thousand bucks on the side, spare me that that I can't agree with same thing with the transfer portal now do I think there should be windows where it's open and closed yes Uh, it shouldn't be open season on your rosters all year long there should be a window where the transfer portal is open and a window where it is closed maybe multiple open windows after spring after the season after spring and then close it where if there's any contact between other team and player it's against the rules and punished harshly And no player can enter the transfer portal while their season is currently going on. I'm fine with that. I'm cool with that. But this situation is why I support free player transfers. This is why. Because why can Auburn do this? And everybody's... This happens all the time. Coaches get fired at random times all the time. Coaches get fired all the time. They up and leave in the middle of the night all the time. So why is that practice okay? But the transfer portal is ruining college football. I can't. I can't bring myself to that thought. This is why: because a bunch of kids signed to play with Auburn, to play with Brian Harson. Two classes now, one of which was really short. I mean, barely any at all. But still, a bunch of kids just signed to play with Auburn. You're going to fire him. I think every single player on the roster should be if they if. They have a transfer into their program that can't transfer penalty-free. They should be allowed to. And every kid should be allowed out of their letter of intent that signed with Auburn even back in December. And I know things are weird with the semester and all that. I think you should accommodate the kids the best you can because they're getting screwed here. Memphis Rebel, (laughs) he ain't kidding, says uh, Neil McCrady said it perfectly. A&M is the happy cult and Auburn is the angry cult. A&m just went eight and four and Jimbo Fisher's got like the most fan capital in the SEC. he embarrassed himself he embarrassed himself on signing day and their fans ate it all up. So that's a that's a really good way to put it. How do you get fired on your off day <laughs> when you're the head coach at Auburn? no doubt. Ethan says, this whole situation is infinitely, infinitely worse than Joe Moorhead Mississippi State, and that feels so incredibly cathartic. Yeah, this is ten times worse. I mean, Joe Moorhead had, I mean, there was an NCAA situation. Not his fault, really, but it still happened under his program, or in, in his program. And then his starting linebacker punched his quarterback in the face and broke a bone in his face and knocked him out of the bowl game. None of that has happened here at Auburn. None of it. He just, he lost some assistance and some players hit the portal and didn't recruit the way that the boosters wanted him to recruit. He's got a different strategy, and this is what you get. This is a, so much worse. This is so much worse. Jason says, I don't think the smear campaign is from Auburn, not initially anyway. This stinks of boosters trying to force the AD's hand. Well, absolutely, but I kind of lumped them all in together. Jason also adds, I kind of think it's happened at Florida and Texas recently, too. Um, I think this is worse than Florida and Texas recently. Um, But the university was clearly seeking. I mean, their statements the other day told you that they they were actively trying to find something. And so far, they've been unsuccessful. But they're looking. The only way they can get out of a buyout is to seek a way out. It's a smear campaign. It's what they're doing here. Oh, yeah. I said a few weeks ago before any of this happened, you know, credit me, I suppose. I got one thing right. I said Auburn's going to finish last in the West this year. It's going to happen. They're going to finish last in the West this year, regardless of who's coaching them. William says if he stays and coaches next season, he better not take home even a pen. The university could fire him for stealing university property. Um, He's getting fired. Uh, He won't coach this season. There's no way. There's absolutely no way he'll coach this season. I I could be wrong, I guess, but I I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening at all. Uh, Chris, yeah, Ole Miss basketball is a little frustrating, but, I mean, they're so injury depleted, it's hard to really tell anymore. But, you know, they were going to have offensive issues all season long. Uh, They were a poor scoring team last year. And the only thing they added in the portal were a good, valuable, nice piece in a center um, and a guard from Georgia that couldn't score. And then relying on a true freshman who is phenomenal, sadly injured, uh, to be their primary bucket getter. It was a bad scoring team a year ago, and they didn't add any scoring except for from a undersized but explosive true freshman. Um, you know, I was trying to tell people this back in November is, you know, you shouldn't have high expectations for this team. They can't score and they didn't add scoring. This is, this season is what you get, but now it's, it's hard to judge just because of their injury situation. Uh, no, no, no doubt. Jason says, "Yeah, I'm not into telling people what to do with their money either. But 40 million to two people to not do a job ought to sicken anyone who's ever seen something that needed help. I agree with you, man, completely. Um, You know, free country. You got your money, do with it what you please. Just, but, but this has been the practice in college football for how long? But, but it's the players getting a little bit of cash on the side that's ruining the sport for people." I don't get that. Memphis Rebel says who is the most realistic and likely hire for Auburn after they can Harson? Depends on what they fire Harson for. Um, if one of those rumors ends up being true, you cannot hire Hugh Freeze. But that would be most everybody's candidate number one, right? That's what everybody's going to talk about is oh, Hugh Freeze, go get Hugh. He would take the job tomorrow, which is absolutely true, by the way. He would absolutely take the job tomorrow. He would. Uh, no doubt he would. Uh, he would also do the the booster thing. He would really just buy into the Auburn family crap. Um, and he would make them feel so good about themselves. And they could all pretend like it's more than just football and hold hands and sing kumbaya or whatever. Um but there is a reason that other schools, including Auburn, last year kicked the tires and chose to drive a different vehicle. Maybe they swallow their pride and do it this time. Um, but that will be the, the the person that everybody's clamoring for. That will be, now, understandably so, good coach, um, and you can get him easily because it's an SEC job. Um, I think you would you would take any job in, in the SEC. Because all SEC jobs, including Vanderbilt, are better than Liberty. But the thing is, none of them offer you the protection that Liberty does. If, 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 if there is more out there, I wouldn't want to go back to the SEC. Because as we're seeing right now, people are going to try to find it. So I don't know. After him, I mean, if I'm Auburn... Would they be willing to swallow their pride and call Jamie Chadwell? Because, I mean, you could increase his salary by 900% without even lifting a finger. He's a good coach, but would the fans be satisfied uh, with that? I don't think so. I don't think they would accept Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina. But who who are your candidates that are going to take the job right now? If you're Dave Clawson, is that a situation you're going to jump into? I wouldn't. Who are they going to get? Not Lane Giffen. That wouldn't happen. Not Matt Campbell. I mean, you can say he'd be a candidate all day long. He wouldn't take that job in its current form, would he? It could be wrong, but I don't think so. I don't envision that happening. So... Like I said, Sunday, I think they got to go people with backgrounds. Either that or unproven. And I don't know if their fans would accept unproven. I just, I I don't think that, I mean, think about how many times they got turned down last cycle. That's what everybody's missing. Oh, it's a great job. I agree. It's top 15 job. But last cycle, they got turned down by a bunch of guys. And that was with perceived normalcy. I don't know. I don't, it's a great, somebody will take it. I mean, Chadwell would take it in a heartbeat. If I was in Bill Clark's situation, I wouldn't. Maybe he would, but I wouldn't. I don't want to have one bad year and then people making up false rumors about me, like what's happened with Brian Harson. Sounds like Bill O'Brien, Memphis Rebels, is going to head back to the, the NFL. Possibly. Does Pearl's success have anything to do with it? No, it's all about Nick Saban. It's all about Nick Saban to me and Kirby Smart because they play Georgia every year and those are their two rivals. Th- that's who it's about. And it's because they don't believe Brian Harson can get them there. And, you know, there's some cultural stuff, too, that, that Harson doesn't mix it up with the boosters and he's not bought into the family and, he doesn't understand Southern culture and all that stuff. He, he's different. He's a West Coast guy, a Pacific Northwest guy, very different. And he hasn't bought into the family like they want. Would Jeff Lebby take it? Possibly. But would Auburn, I mean, are they going to spend another $20 million to buy somebody out to hire Jeff Lebby? I don't think they would be satisfied with that. It's a huge risk, too. I mean, yes, Jeff Lebby called plays at Ole Miss, but, I mean, Lane Kiffin's hand, as we've learned, especially from Matt Corral interviews recently, Lane Kiffin had his hand all up in that offense. I mean, it's it's Lane Kiffin. You think he just sat back and let Lebby call plays? Hell no. Of course not. Um, It never went like that. That was always a false narrative that was spread around town. Is that, oh, Jeff Lebby's calling all the plays. No. Oh, it's Jeff Lebby's offense. Nope. Nope. Listen to some of Matt Corral's recent interviews and tell me whose offense that was. One Jeff Lebby's. Not according to the quarterback that ran the system. So. Studio office tour. Are you talking about in here or... uh, or at the Super Talk studio. Because in here you're you kind of see it. You know, this is kind of it. Um got a couple of you know, TVs there, some flags on the wall, that's about it. But I mean I can certainly do that, I guess. If you want to see what else is in here. But no, I we can do a super talk one if you want. Show you all the all the inner workings there. See, that's the thing, Jason though. It, Jason says if they had me If they had any sense, they'd call Kyle Whittingham and Chris Peterson. They wouldn't take the job, but they should call anyway for ideas, if nothing else. See, I think Kyle Whittingham and Chris Peterson would tell anybody close to them, no, do not go there at all. But yeah, you're right. They would say no right away. Memphis Rebel suggesting Charlie Weiss Sr., coach prime to Auburn. You know, that wouldn't be the dumbest idea. He could at least recruit. I mean, shoot! He just got the number one player in the country. What do you think he'd do with Auburn money? You kidding? Um, yeah, yeah, I could do something in here. There's not much. There's not much in here. I mean, it's a really small room. Um, you know, the only thing you you can't see really is like I've got a, a beer glass rack here, a uh, couple of fish tanks here, two TVs, and you see half of one of them um sent flag and the flag of new orleans hanging right there and then just all my autographs and stuff right above me i'll do it though i'll do it one day for sure it's not much but if you guys want to see it no doubt yeah i mean jason says boise's a lot more southern than you think but still that's been a lot of the, the talk is that there's not the fit isn't there the understanding of Southern culture, and specifically Auburn culture, is uh, is not there. And that's that's caused a rift from basically day one. So, anyway. Uh, states battled all the way back, taking a lead now, it looks like. Good for them. Good for them. Alabama only up three in the second half against Ole Miss. So, uh, Ole Miss playing better in the second half as well. Uh, we are entering quarterback silly season, by the way. And here's what I mean by that. So the Senior Bowl just happened, and now a bunch of mock drafts are going out there. Just a bunch of mock drafts and a bunch of opinions flying around. I saw somebody, and yes, Brian Harson would have been a better fit at Ole Miss than Auburn. However, Ole Miss has some of the same stuff, some of the same stuff that um, Auburn does in terms of there are some people at Ole Miss that still have that small-time mentality where they care more about knowing who the coach's wife is and getting to be at the country club with coach and having their phone number. They care about that more than they care about winning. And that's really bothered some people. It's clear as day. You can tell me I'm wrong. I'm not. Ole Miss has that problem too. There are people that have a small-time mentality. They One, they don't think Ole Miss can compete nationally and don't care if they do as long as everything feels like they're a small or they're a big fish and a tiny little pond. There's some people that want to be the biggest fish and a small little pond. And that's a plague on that athletic department or has been luckily for Ole Miss Keith Carter's in charge because I know without a doubt beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are people, people, that are powerful or influential or whatever that did not want Keith Carter to hire Lane Kiffin. I know for sure that there are powerful people, influential people that are dissatisfied with his presence in the community, which isn't a very big one, but Keith Carter's in charge. And Glenn Boyce essentially just gives Keith Carter the go ahead. They're in charge, and they understand that winning is all that matters, and it'll take care of itself, and that school at times needs to get out of its own way. And that's how you end up with Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. And there are a lot of Ole Miss fans not based in Oxford and not based in this state that could not be any happier with how the program is run, how their coach acts. What he does, they love it because they don't care about if he's mixing it up with the locals. But some, I I stress some, some of the locals, the powerful people, can't stand the fact that they don't have Lane's phone number. That he doesn't hang out with them at the country club. That does bother some people. So there is some of that at Ole Miss, but the AD has the say, because without the AD, if it were up to some influential people, Lane Kiffin never gets hired at Ole Miss. So, similar stuff going on there, but nobody has a damn clue who's in charge at Auburn. There's there's your difference. Um, anyway, but yeah, silly season. Uh, you've got all these mock drafts coming out, and. At this point, honestly, I would tell you to ignore most of them, when it comes to quarterbacks anyway, for two reasons. First of all, take the Saints, for example. There's a bunch of mock drafts that you look at that have Matt Corral going 18 to the Saints, which, uh, yeah, Chris, I will in a second. I, absolutely. i, I find it, I'm glad somebody finally asked me. Because I know you did on the radio show earlier today, and Richard ignored the text because he's a jerk. Um, The thing about that is, we have no idea who's going to be running the Saints' offense. No idea. An offensive coordinator has not been hired yet in New Orleans. So, how do you know they're going to be taking a quarterback at number eighteen? And then how do you know they're going to take that quarterback at number 18? You know what I mean? It's not even just about Corral; it's about any of them. You have no idea who's going to be running their offense. It's not Pete Carmichael, uh, reportedly, anyway. So we don't know who's going to be calling plays there. W- what happens if it's Eric Bieniemy? I'm just throwing a name out there. Uh, uh, you know, his contract is up in Kansas City. Maybe Dennis Allen's able to sway him to go to New Orleans. Well, he would be a more like a Malik Willis or a Matt Corral. has. Matt Corral has the skill set that I think Eric Bieniemy and that Chiefs offense would really just unlock and explode. Well, what happens if the new offensive coordinator wants to run a very standard pro-style offense? Well, then that's a different kind of prospect, or maybe they would get into um, – you know, the Jimmy Garoppolo sweepstakes, or, or maybe they're going to go after Russell Wilson, or, or you just, you have no idea because you don't know who's going to run the offense. So how can you put any quarterback at 18 to the Saints when you have no idea who's going to be running their offense? And on top of that, to bring that example back local, Matt Corral hasn't even started the evaluation period yet. So when I saw somebody earlier say Desmond Ritter jumped Matt Corral at the senior bowl, Well, how? How can you say that? How is that possible when only Desmond Ritter got to work out and show what he could do? Matt Corral's evaluation period hasn't even begun. He hasn't worked out in front of a single NFL team yet. Not one. But all the guys that got to go to the Senior Bowl have. So yes, of course, they're ahead of him. But also, you haven't seen the scales yet because Corral hasn't worked out yet. They haven't had the combine. They haven't had those in-private interviews. They haven't had pro days. So, and that's the first half of it. So Matt Corral's evaluation period hasn't begun yet. They haven't had the combine yet. They haven't had pro days yet. And the second half of this is guys that make these mock drafts talk to people. Some of them do. Some of them just throw stuff out there. But some of the guys that do this, the ones that have been in the game for a while, um, talk to people. They talk to GMs and agents and scouting people and stuff to kind of figure out what teams are thinking what. Teams aren't telling mock draft makers who they're leaning towards. Not without an agenda. Remember last year when San Francisco traded those picks to move up to get a quarterback, and everybody up until they made the pick knew it was Mac Jones, remember that? Would have been a good pick for San Francisco, but they made the trade with Trey Lance in mind. That's what they made the trade for. They didn't make the trade and then decide on quarterbacks like some people were suggesting. They knew what quarterback they wanted, and they made the trade to make sure they could get him. But what was all the reporting, all the conversation, all the mock drafts, what was all that? Mac Jones or somebody else wasn't Trey Lance. You had, you had people insiders that were reporting that, Oh, they haven't made a decision yet. Yeah, they did. That's why they traded up to get their guy, but it was all a smokescreen and all that stuff. So mock drafts are fun. Quarterback mock drafts are fun. Stuff like that. Uh, it will not be uh, Doug Marone. So Doug Marone, they, they brought him on, but he will not be the OC, at least uh, according to Nick Underhill, who you should believe. And I, I will make sure I'm not mischaracterizing him, by the way, but I'm 90% certain that is what he said today, that it will not be Marone. But uh, let me find it just to make sure I don't misquote him, because he's uh, he's the best. Yeah, so it's to be determined at offensive coordinator and wide receiver coach, but Marone will be the offensive line coach, and that's it. So so we still don't know yet who's going to be running the offense there. So just be weary of that. Um, I think people that are saying things like Ritter jumped Corral don't understand that his evaluation hasn't begun yet. So let's get to a few more of your messages. Memphis Rebel says, I think people don't want to put Corral high because of the school he played for. Probably some of that. Um, probably some injury stuff as well. There's a false narrative about arm strength with him, which is going to get proven incorrect at the combine and or his pro day. If I were the Saints, I would make a run at left, which, but I don't think he would leave Tampa Bay. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Oh, it's all right ben. Uh No problem at all. Um, I hope you didn't take that as uh, as me like mocking you or anything. No, that's no problem. It's my job to be on top of it, you know. You guys come to me for for that. Um, Anyway, just put the kid down. What did you miss, Scott says. Nothing, really. Uh, I mean, other than the fact that uh, it doesn't appear, at least as of now, that Auburn has cause to fire um, Brian Harson, But they sure as hell are still looking and manufacturing something. It's a mess, so. Chris asking me about the Pelicans trade. I I'm gonna talk about it. This is my thing. I, I don't get paid for it, so I can do what I want with it. Um, until we get to a thousand subscribers, then I will get paid for it. Um, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Michael Borky. Don't forget to like the video as well uh, while you're here. But subscribe while uh, while you're here. I hate to lose Josh Hart as well. I, I do. Uh, he, he's a glue guy. Played good defense brought effort every single night. But the thing is, I think him bringing effort every night masked some limitations. Which And you need locker room guys like Josh Hart. And you would prefer them be first or second off the bench and not having to start and try to stretch the floor when he's not a great shooter. I'm, I'm going to miss him. I know the team's going to miss him. But in order to get players like C.J. McCollum, you've got to give up something you don't get guys like McCollum with scraps. So you had to sacrifice to get one of the best shooters in the game, the most consistent player, not named Steph Curry, behind the arc in terms of health and also pro- production behind the arc in the last seven years. I mean, that's CJ McCollum. He immediately elevates the team's ceiling. And if you have to give up a Josh Hart to get him, then uh, then you have to give up a Josh Hart to get him. Um uh, That 40% from three will space the floor out for Jonas. It'll space the floor out for Jackson Hayes when Zion comes back, if he comes back this year, but even next year, because you've got McCollum for the next two seasons regardless. Uh, So whenever you do get Zion back, it'll space the floor for him. It'll space the floor for Brandon Ingram. I mean, my gosh, the addition just elevates you so much offensively. Uh, You can bring Devontae Graham off the bench now, uh, keep Herb in the starting lineup. And and on top of that, I mean, you get – Nance, uh, I mean, what a great pickup that is uh, to be a rotational forward as well. Um, the Pels won the trade. I mean, I, I would give Griffin and, and Trajan Langdon on the trade a freaking A plus, man. I mean, you needed, you finally went and got that guy, that star, that elite level player to complement Brandon Ingram, uh, to add shooting, to put Grant to bring Graham off the bench where he can run with the twos now. Um, It spaces the floor. It it shows that you've got a commitment to winning. Willie Green, who deserves it, has a nice toy to play with. I'm in love with this. This this is what you had to do. If you want to be competitive beyond just play hard every night and scrap for the 10 seed, you had to make a move like this. Next year, the team ceiling should be much higher. Two years from now, unbelievable. So they needed it. But I'm with you. I'm going to miss Josh Hart a lot. He worked his ass off. He worked hard. After he got his big contract, he worked harder and played better, which is awesome. It it really does speak to his character. I'm gonna miss him, but you had to, you had to do what you had to do. William says, "Does Ole Miss pro day hurt?" Matt Carlson's Pitt and Cincinnati have theirs on the same day as Ole Miss. Yeah, it's crazy that the NFL set those dates like that. It's it's crazy, but I don't think so. I mean, the, the teams will have scouts at all of them. They'll make sure they need to see – they'll see who they need to see. As far as I understand it, I have not heard of any kind of setback, Chris. So I think Corral will be ready to go for the uh, – he'll be ready to go for all the workouts and and all that. He'll be on top of it. Yeah, no doubt, Ben. No uh, No doubt. All right, I answered that. Let's see. Scott says, what a crap show Auburn is. How can they even hire someone after that crap show that hired Harson, the one that fired him in a year? Because it is an $8 000, 7, $8 million a year job in the SEC West. They'll get somebody. A, they'll get somebody. Ben says, who was more athletic, Manziel or Matt Jones? Oh, that's a great question, Manziel. Well, it depends on what your definition of athletic is. Because Manzel didn't test well, he never had the measurables. You know, he wasn't the fastest guy. It was just his zero to sixty was elite, and his vision was special. So raw athleticism, maybe Jones. Leslie asking how I think Jackson Dart will do in the SEC. Exceptionally well. I, I saw somebody recently suggest that. Oh well, Jackson Dart. Yeah, I mean, he he looked good as a freshman, but that was against Pac-12 competition. Yeah, it it was. Um, those are still power five players. Last time I checked, he was a true freshman uh, and it was an interim year on a bad team where everybody was looking for the next place to go. It's a bad team with a fired coach. Everybody was looking for a way out and he still performed the way he did as a freshman against power five teams. You're telling me that that guy won't come into the sec and perform well with his athletic ability and his everything. no, Jackson Dart has a ceiling that is on the same plane as Matt Corral's. It's whether or not he can reach that ceiling. I am not saying, and I will not say, he will be as productive and as important to his team as Matt Corral was this year because that would be that would be just a terrible expectation. It's unrealistic. He's not Matt Corral. He's not Matt Corral, and that's okay. But his ceiling is up there. His ceiling is, is the Heisman Trophy, that kind of stuff. Top five draft pick. That's how raw talented he is. Um, We'll see if he can adjust to the the better game in the SEC and continue to grow because the talent, the raw talent and ability is absolutely there uh, to be that good. It's there, but we'll see if the adjustment and the transition works out in his favor. Scott, you're right. He says it might be crazy, but it would be great for Matt uh, when or if he falls to the later first round, better team around him. I did see a mock that had him going to Tampa. And uh, for the first contract, the uh, the money would not be as great, but the situation would be ideal and uh much better position for the second contract. I mean, look at Daniel Jones and, and what he was put in in New York. I mean, could you imagine? He, he Daniel Jones has not been given a fair shot as an NFL quarterback. He's had a new coaching and coordinator basically every year, uh, a new coach or coordinator basically every year, a terrible roster around him. It's just an awful situation uh, with him in New York. Would you rather be him or would you rather go to Tampa where the roster is, I mean, constructed perfectly for you to step in and produce right away? Um, Tampa, please. And thank you. So I'm with you. I'm with you there. Yeah, Matt Jones was a monster, dude. He was. Um, probably a better athlete than Manziel. But Manziel just had whatever it was where the game looked slow to him. Best power hitter for Ole Miss in the last 15 years off the top of my head? Huh. That's a good question. Um, Who would I say? Not Zach Kirksey, but damn, he could hit the crap out of a ball if it was going straight. Anything moving, he couldn't touch it. But Man, if it was a fastball, it was gone. That's a good question, man. I don't know, honestly. Um, I think Elko, with a good year this year, could be on top of that Mount Rushmore. Thomas Dillard's a really good one, especially being a switch. Uh Chris, I think it's at a bare minimum you've got to get to the third game of a Super Regional this year without it getting squirrely. Uh, No-show Sunday. Glad you brought that up. I will not be doing this on Sunday because of the Super Bowl. Uh, you can go ahead and count on this on Monday night. So I won't do Sunday night. I will do uh, Monday night with uh, with you guys. Power per inch. <laughs> inch of height for Dillard, no doubt. Um no, Jason, and you're right. If there, if Ole Miss is asking Jackson Dart to be what Matt Corral was, role wise, and leadership wise, and stuff, in year one, they're going to have a hard time because Corral was more than just good quarterback. It was it was emotional. It was, it, you know, the intangible stuff that drove that team more so than his actual play. Brett says, "If Altmaier loses the competition to Dart, and then Ole Miss happens to land Arch, surely Luke transfers. Where would he fit in best? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if in fact he did hit the portal, that someone like in the ACC would pursue him. I mean, he's a Power Five quarterback. Absolutely, he's a Power Five quarterback. Even an SEC quarterback, I think he could start somewhere. Uh, I think he could. You know, maybe he'd end up back at State. I don't know." Um, but yeah, he's a power five quarterback. I I would take a chance on him. His ceiling's just not as high as Jackson darts and that's okay. But yeah, he's definitely a power five quarterback. Uh, I mean, somewhere for some reason, like Virginia was the first thing that popped in my head. Like I could see him being the quarterback at Virginia in two years for whatever that's worth. Uh, But anyway, so don't forget to subscribe while you're here. Southern Miss, I think he's better than that. I do. I think Luke is better than that. I think he's a power five guy for sure. SEC guy. Um, just so happens to be that Jackson Dart is has the ceiling that he has because it's huge. So anyway, don't forget to subscribe. I'm glad you guys. I mean, I appreciate you guys watching on a night when your uh, your teams are playing basketball right now. Uh, means a lot to me that you were willing to step away from the games. Uh, State, by the way, down by two at the half. Um, So big second half upcoming for Mississippi State basketball, like huge second half upcoming for Mississippi State basketball. Um, They've got to find a way to score three more points than Tennessee in this half. (laughs) Let's just say that. And Ole Miss is down 10, but you know, um, not much interesting going on with uh, basketball at, uh, at Ole Miss. So thank you guys. Subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe. I appreciate you. Watch your second half of Hoops. And, um, yeah, Chris, I hear you, man. Well, hey, and McCollum is going to be on the court tomorrow night. I can't wait to watch him, especially against the best team in the East. That's going to be fun. But uh, see you guys on Monday. On Monday. And uh, talk to you then. I'll have a good one.